darkness that he usually does. It's not a super Burton-y Burton project? No. No, no, no. No. Um, I haven't watched, like, diligently. I haven't watched, like, that, that Sabrina show or whatever. But from what I have seen, um, this is very, seems very similar. Like, Perfect. there's a lot of parallels there um, in tonality. But uh, I've heard good things <coughs> about that show, but I've never watched it myself. Yeah, me neither. Um, I've seen episodes, like, here and there. Um, and it, it, I think it'll be something that I'd eventually binge watch. Because, um, you know, I'm taking things even higher on the priority list, like going back and watching Lost again. You oh, want to talk perfect. about just throwing your time away? Oh, that's just that's just a dumpster fire of setting your time away. Just like setting it on fire, roasting marshmallows over it, except you don't get to eat the marshmallows. The marshmallows reveal themselves to have never been real. Or marshmallows at all. Yeah. They were corn. They were corn. And but instead of popcorn, they pop and turn into this weird ooze that just melts and burns your toes. Yes. And ruins the rest of your life and everybody around you. Yeah. Yeah, what a fucking show. I uh, luckily never watched it. And then once it was getting close to the end, made the decision that I'd wait and find out how it ended and decide (laughs) if I wanted to go back to the start and try it. And luckily, I just found out how it ended and went, oh, okay, I can just walk away from that then. So here's the deal. Uh, You know, beginner's guide to watching Lost. Go season one, two, three, and then quit watching it. Just stop. So you're saying just watch them in order and then just stop watching after season three? That's it. The, for a second, the way you started, I thought you were going to be like, watch season one, then three, then four, no, 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 then no. two, then stop. To or be- like something like, or like skip a season. And like the way you were listing, I just expected some kind of alteration. What's funny is that might actually work. That's how disgruntled the show gets oh, is yeah, where it's yeah, just yeah. like everything is so disjointed and like... Was that show a writer's strike era problem? Because hmm. I know Heroes ran into that. Like, Heroes, that's the big crux of Heroes, is that the writer's strike happens, and an entire new writer's room comes in and takes over the reins of this show and just, like, steers that motherfucker right off a cliff. Yeah, half of me wants to, you know, I guess I can double-check that here. But, like, it very well may have been, because the first season was... Um, 2004 it's of a similar era i just don't know that it's right on the money let's see it's possible i'm calling my shot i think it's a writer strike show because i know like 30 no not 30 uh 30 rock was impacted by that i believe uh yeah heroes is the biggest one that comes to mind though that i know was just like rocked by the writer strike what's funny is i'm on for the fourth season right now and it said Lost had just aired eight episodes from its fourth season when the strike began. And while it only had a two-month break, the season lost two episodes. They were added to season five and six, respectively. Um, But it legitimately falls off a cliff at the end of this season, so that explains a lot of it. Yeah. But I would say, even prior to that, the show is just pure mayhem. Like, you pretty much guess what's going on if you just stick with your gut at the beginning of it. Which is that they're all in purgatory? Yes. Sorry, spoilers, people. Yep. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll put a spoiler warning in this. I've said that in the past, and I've often failed to deliver on that promise. Guys, it's been 20 years since it started. If that's you true. have not fucking watched it by now, that's yeah. either good for you or bad for you. If we've stumbled across the one in 20 million that decided to watch Lost for the first time recently, and you're like halfway through it, and I just did that to you, I apologize. 
Hit us up on Twitter. I'll send you a T-shirt. I don't know what T-shirt, but a T-shirt. Derek's going to send you one of his T-shirts. Yeah, I'll just send you a T-shirt. I, I didn't specify new. I just said T-shirt. Yeah, we don't have any like lost paraphernalia or anything like that. that I we definitely could send don't. You, so no. I do have an old psych throw pillow. That's cool, though. It's pretty cool. I'm actually, I, yeah, I love it. No, I, I, like I would that. not want to send that out. Yeah, I just like I, I did some like USA mailer back in the day for Psych because it also advertised that it came with like free hot cocoa and like popcorn and stuff. And maybe an AOL CD with 60 minutes of free inter- <laughs> internet time. Post that era. Oh, but, shit. You know, but yeah, no, it literally came with like snacks, a throw pillow, a cool thermos. That I lost. A thermos? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Oh, man. Life was cool. That is cool. Good times. This was like 2008. (laughs) Hey, uh, for my birthday, I got a collection of E.T. Funko Pops. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, I I got it. I'll have to show you those later. But um, what a time to be alive. What a time. I mean, you can be, you know, uh, 35, you know, 36 years old. Buying toys for yourself in the, like, like, hoods of late 80s. Yeah, man. Just pure nostalgia. I would not Early want to 80s. be one of the men of the 80s who had to just like be like, I don't like guns and sports because I'm not allowed to like anything else. Like, e- it's awesome. E.T. Extraterrestrial. More like extra testicle. Huh. What's wrong with that thing? What's wrong with that thing? It's different than me. They made a dark-skinned <laughs> alien. God damn it. You knew knew Hollywood was going there, brother. Speaking of things that veered (laughs) off a cliff, this conversation sure did. Woo, boy. Welcome to the TCEU Rebuild Part 1 again. Flips and stuff. We may be if we say that, they won't keep listening. Morons of the mothers. Yeah, well, this is a full-fledged redo, folks. <laughs> so what had happened was. Uh, Mike and I did our phase one rebuild recording a good six months ago or so now, <laughs> very long time ago, um, relatively early in our official recording time, in fact. So it is currently Wednesday, November 30th to timestamp this recording for you people. And uh, we probably did that in like March. That was yeah. about like a March, maybe April recording we did. So like eight months ago, really. Yeah, it's eight months isn't that long of a time. Not that long of a time. But uh, we had it stashed and just like on the back burner until we were getting close to releasing it. And uh, a few weeks ago, having still not tried to access the, the, the original recording, we did the sequel to it. And we did our phase two recording. And it, it was a blast. And you'll get to hear that in a, in a couple months or so. We're going to stagger these apart from each other. A little peek behind the microphone there to you people. But uh, I went to edit this here recording last week to get it ready for this week's debut. And the entire file was corrupt because I'm an old man that sucks with technology and stuff happens. So technical difficulties prevailed. Technology won, Derek zero. And Mike and I redo. The goddamn technology is back at it again. Back at it again. The damn computers that got me. The world would be better if we didn't have them. If we didn't have them. Hmm. 
But you know, I'm I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to talk about this some more because I love this little fictional DC rebuild that we've been doing. We started this concept, and we did our original recording back before James Gunn was hired to take over DC, which uh, we called. Well, we called that back on our Guardians Music podcast, which if you have not heard that one, go back through our episode catalog and find it. It was a lovely recollection of our favorite tunes from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, which, speaking of, because we haven't got into it yet, and we won't go over it very long, but Guardians Holiday Special, if you haven't seen it yet, watch it. Oh, what a treat. It's a treat, even if you don't like Christmas, like I don't. I'll go ahead and just put that out there now. I am a Grinch. Uh, Cosmo the dog make, getting his real uh, real debut. We saw him through a, a uh, display case in the first Guardians film, but getting a proper Cosmo the dog in this movie, or this special, I suppose. What a treat. Literally. Just the, just yeah. the, just the goodest doggo. And they, they, help, and bu- help and build some stuff. Got some sass to it. We often do that, you know, we see a lot of the uh, the goodest boys, you know, mm. a, a trickled in here, and uh, Cosmo is a wonderful addition to that universe. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm and, pumped. I'm really hoping Cosmo's part of the main gang now for for the Guardians 3. Like, just like, have Cosmo on the cut. Hell yeah, why not? Another adorable thing. Sweet. Calls Rocket a, a, a raccoon at one point, and yeah. Rocket goes to attack. It's all, it's all great stuff. It, yeah, it, he's uh, kind of taken over for what old Groot was, you know, just kind of a, a, an aloof... Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you think of? Uh, I suppose we're reaching like young adult Groot now. Like this was the most aged up version of Groot 2.0. A once former baby Groot now looks like it's reached young adulthood, but not like prime yet. Yeah, somewhere like a twenty year old. Yeah, seemed right about there. But I, uh, I'm into it. He seemed uh, like he's really kind of grown into himself. Like not just figuratively, but. Um, not that they bounced a ton of lines off of him or that there are really any of a consequence in the whole thing, but um, to an extent. Um, but, I, you know, as far as that goes, Groot just continues to progress through pure wonder and cuteness. It's just something about that character is just so cute and it's docile. And like, even Big Groot is cute. It's not like it's handsome. true. It's it's He's easy cute. to forget that when you think back to Baby Groot, and what well, because you think of Baby Groot instantly when you really think of cute. Yeah. But it's easy to forget that even back in the first Guardians film, something about that OG big ass Groot that was just like the one that rips down the alarm when it's supposed to be the last thing they need to do for their escape plan because he just heard Rocket say it, so he just starts to do it, and uh, I'm like aloof idiot, but would do anything for the squad. Yeah. You love that guy. Yeah, he's just wonderful. I love him. Love him good. So, but yeah, check out Guardians Holiday Special if you haven't. Very worth the go. But let's get back to the task at hand. All right. So we need to unleash on you folks for your first time and for our third time. Because we did a practice session of this last year before we owned recording equipment. And no, that doesn't mean that this is going to be any good, but we're, we're doing it for our third time. Yeah, uh, yeah, third time's the charm. Something At least like this that. time it'll physically save, which will be really good. Yeah. That part's going to be nice. And if you heard the last one without ever actually hearing it, please contact a therapist. Yeah. You have problems. Yeah, I, I got to know how that happened, to be honest. Yeah. But we're going to flip. We're going to flick a bick here like we like to do, because there's one handy. And uh, I'm going to let Mike call it in the air. Trademark. And, uh, flick yeah. your bick. Uh, bick, holler at us for the, for the deals. We'll give you a really sweet discount. We, ha- we do not have many subscribers yet. So, you know, buy in low. We have a lot of subscribers. 
Um, go. Bick. Redo. Bick. It's back. So I'm going to have you kick this thing off. I suppose we should probably give the people a brief rundown of what we're doing here. Maybe. The basic exercise, the concept was basically, if DC gave us a call and was like, hey, we need you guys to build this thing from the ground. Basically what they've just done to James Gunn, more or less. Ground zero, wipe the floor, keep what you want and flush the rest. Take the reins and go, baby. And so Mike and I are each building our own versions of a DC universe. Tonight's episode will be our respective phase ones. In a month or two, you'll hear our respective phase twos that we recorded a couple weeks ago. And then a couple months after that, you'll hear our phase threes that have not been yet recorded. So, you know, who knows what's going to be in those? Because we don't even yet. We don't. We We don't don't have the foresight like we did on this one. I know a couple projects that will be in my phase three already based on what I've set up in phase two. But I don't have the whole schematic yet. I just know a couple of the things. A couple of the toys that will be in my toy box by then. But Mike... I did win the lighter toss. How does it begin, my friend? As it should, and how it always has. With Batman. <laughs> yeah, me too. Batman. Um, <laughs> Are you just keeping Pattinson? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, as you'll find out in my DCU uh, rebuild part two, yes, I did indeed pick, or pick Batman. Um, you know, I really liked uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Uh, I know it seemed to be a hot topic at the time when he was casted um, because of Twilight, um, which people, uh, actors do bad projects too. Yeah, man, especially when they're kids. Kind of, yeah, started his career out for him. You know, Harry Potter, he he didn't really have a a whole ton of screen time there. So, kind of. He does get the the first big dramatic death in the entire franchise, though. He, He does, but we also don't get, like,. Six Harry Potter or Potter movies that he's in. That's true. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. we get uh, you get a taste of him in one, and then he dies. And I'm also not saying that I I like Twilight. I wouldn't care if I did, but I don't. I've never seen all of those movies. But I, I, again, I'm not faulting a man. Yeah. Uh, for anything that he's done before, Matthew McConaughey's doing great these days, and he's he's as guilty as anybody of making some bad movies. Yeah, man. So I mean, we could say that about a lot of people, but anyway, Bat Pat. Back to the Bat Pats. Um. So yeah, he's going to be my Batman. Um, we're doing the 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 name of the movie just straight up Batman. Um, I'm not going into any funny capers in my little you know name of my movie or anything. You're not um, gonna pull a uh, double semicolon like our episode titles. No, and that's I respect why. that. That's a good call. Yeah, that's eh, why. Considering ours is much more tongue in cheek, it would be really weird to do that with a Batman movie. I'll just over explain it instead. So perfect. Yeah. Um, Intro to uh, to Arrow, actually. So I'm going to have Batman and Arrow, the Green Arrow, meet in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and the adversary is a little bit of a lower stakes, uh, you know, burglar that is burglarizing Gotham City. And uh, Batman and Green Arrow happen to kind of catch up at the same time because they're both coincidentally searching for the same person ah. it turns out to be Catwoman. i know big surprise right look this is the first movie um there doesn't need to be anything crazy we just need a lot of good character building yeah um 
you know, we're, we're going to probably skip the Martha Pearls thing going on there at the beginning. Um, I've really liked that part in general. We, we, we don't need to see it a million times, so I'm good with skipping out on that. Um, but really kind of, I'd like to see a little bit more building um, up to where he is when we first saw him in like the movie that just, just recently happened. Um, that's kind of where I want to start with that. And then, you know, again, kind of flashes back and forth between childhood to teenage to where he's at then. Um, and that kind of tells the story a little bit more while this detective case where he's really out there trying to catch this person that's making these heists and that's about to heist something that's fairly significant. So that's where they meet up. Um, and that is that is that is the premise of my movie. It's a it's a great movie, you know. Uh, you don't have to completely swap everything out, as we noted. We get to keep the pieces we really want in place and toss the rest. And you salvaged a great piece in Bat and Pattinson. Uh, the the Pattinson is strong. Are you keeping Matt Reeves on to direct as well? Yes. Yeah. Good call. I'm 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 doing the same. I I have a different direction story wise than you, but I am doing the same. So I, I respect your call here. I love the use of an origin story of Batman to launch a superhero. That's never been done before. You've never used a Batman movie to launch another hero. Why would you do that? Or two other heroes. Yeah. Mm. I'm kidding. But I love bringing the Green Arrow officially into the fold in the DC film verse. It's long overdue. Shout out to Arrow. I think if Hawkeye can make it as far as he did, why can't the Green Arrow... I'm telling you what, man. I'm telling you what. I mean, to be fair to them, I think it was smart of them to not roll out the Green Arrow pretty quick after Hawkeye. Yeah. Even in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, historically Green Arrow does come first, and historically DC and Marvel have been ripping each other off for decades now. It's just what, what each of them have rip-offs from each other. Well, look at, uh, yeah, again, back to Shazam. Yeah. Shazam was uh, apparently, what was it before that? Um, Mr. Marvel, am I correct? Yeah. I, I think that that's it. Yeah, so you, you go read upon the lore of that, and yeah, it just gets get so that. confusing. Of course, yeah, you know. It's funny. One of, Mar- one of Spider-Man's uh, funniest adversaries is the Black Cat, which is clearly not derivative at all. No. Uh, but, no, that's the comic book world for you, baby. And uh, if they do it well, they do it well. And I think Green Arrow is a great character who's ready to be told in the big screen world. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And it, you know, obviously it's a setup for something in the future. And but it's just Catwoman is the villain. Not she's like uh, she's like a full fledged villain. She's not like anti heroing it up. Or is there some other adversary about? As of right now, you can just say villain because she doesn't really have any tendencies otherwise. Okay, fair enough. So right you know whether you fault somebody for just going and stealing things from rich people, which I kind of don't. Oh, I don't. I'm I'm very much on Selena Kyle's side here, y'all. I get a hard time really being upset with anybody doing that in the Are first place. Are you keeping place. Zoe Kravitz in the cut? Yes. Great call. Yep. Great call. No need to read. No, yeah. <sighs> Man, she crushed yeah. that cat. She crushed that cat woman. Yeah, She's it was so in good. It. Yep. So good. It's and perfect. it's not at all just like my adoring love for her as a performer. No. She's crushing it. Yeah. Killing the game. All right. As mentioned, I too have a Batman story. Mine is also indeed not an origin. It's a, it's a Batman that's been around a little while. Young, but not like brand new to the game. Uh, you'll, you'll get a... You'll get a couple little cuts of a couple of his like lower level early on adversaries that he's already taken down, put put into Arkham. 
uh, we'll get to meet a Harvey Dent who will never turn him into Two-Face in this film. He's Harvey through and through. He's a good lawyer through and through. Uh, we're slow rolling origins on a lot of things here. I'm this, I'm building a very patient patient DC universe. This thing, as you'll find out with things after my Batman story, we're doing slow roots for everything. But uh, we've got Harvey Dent out there as the DA of the city. Um, I'm keeping Matt Reeves. I'm keeping Pattinson. Um, if we meet Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, which I'm keeping as well, it'll be in a cut. It'll be in a credit scene. Um, but I, I don't think I'm actually bringing her into this project at all. I mm-hmm. think she's more like a Batman. She's down the road for me a little bit, a wee bit down the road. But this one is, I'm actually keeping the Riddler thing too. Like I'm, I'm basically keeping the story intact and replacing the Penguiny stuff with some good Harvey Dent action, a good young Harvey Dent action. And uh, just getting some scenes with the nice DA and trimming the movie down. Cutting all the Penguin stuff was going to help me trim some time. I like the Penguin stuff a lot in the Matt Reeves mm-hmm. film. But that three hours, I don't go back and watch it a lot because it's three hours. Here's a question, kind of off uh, off topic here. for It's on topic of Batman, but who do you have for your Commissioner Gordon? Or is he involved? My commissioner Gordon's a great question. Um, he's not commissioner yet. Whoever it is is so like lieutenant detective, Gordon lieutenant, or detective, sergeant, yeah. probably sergeant level, probably past detective, but not very high up the ladder yet. I've got working, one. Working his way. Ooh, give me one. William H Macy. <laughs> That's gonna be a pass for me. <laughs> no, it'll be great. God, could you imagine him? <laughs> yes. I guess so. That are like uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Give me Buscemi over William H. Macy of the two. Uh, Batman, we need you again. You going to come and save us? Look at this guy. Batman. This is the guy they all call to? TBD at my Gordon. Might keep the Gordon from the Matt Reeves film as well. And like I said, I might court, uh, port most of that cast over. That film's incredibly well done. I have to put a note down here on uh, Commissioner uh, Buscemi. So. Commissioner Buscemi is worth noting for sure. Um, yeah, that's a, that's my that's my first Batman film and the beginning of my DC Phase One. Where do you go from there? What's your second film? Of uh, did we follow the five films rule? We did. Um, I cheated and added uh, two TV shows. Okay. So <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I cheated and added one TV show, so I'm going to make up one more by the time we get to the end here and just see what I tag on. Just wait, guys. They get as great as they're going to be here. Um, boy, do we have something in store for you in DCEU uh, Rebuild Part 2. Uh, I'll just tease that for later. Um, so... I'm going to go ahead and take off on my number two here. Uh, we're, we're doing Aquaman, okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit of a layout of how I'm kind of doing my DCEU. I don't want to do too much of a slow burn. Um, I, I think people are generally impatient, as I can certainly allude to myself. Um, but um, I, w- I, I still want to tell a story, and I think a lot of this, what I've noticed, and obviously following the Avengers footprints, is people like when things build up to a big, uh, to a big, you know, gathering together, like a galvanizing, um, whether they're humans or they're superhumans or they're people that are really rich. Um, 
I think that that's, you know, kind of, uh, there's a lot of things there that we all kind of find that we can all attach to, um, whether they're above what we, we believe as humans are themselves or, or otherwise. Um, so that's why I'm doing Aquaman second. Um, I still want to, this is, it's still more of a, you know, kind of a origin. Um, but we're still having a, we're still having a fun time. Um, again, I don't want to bore people too much with just, uh, you know, uh, five origin stories, something with no real, you know, with no real ending to it, uh, where it kind of leaves off or anything. So my biggest thing here, um, I'm not a big Jason Momoa fan. I uh, don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod yet or not. I believe it's come up lately, but we can tell him more about it. I just don't. He doesn't do it for me. Like, the, whatever it is that people see in him, I don't. So he bores the living death out of me. Um, the fact that he has, what, all of, like, 15 lines that entire movie, and they're like, whoa, dude, or, like, something insulting and mildly teenage that just don't do it. Like I don't, I'm not into it. Um, so anybody, anybody, but uh, you could give me Jim Carrey as Aquaman. I could find, yeah, I could find a way to make that work, but not Jason Momoa. Um, what I did though is instead I replaced him with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, <laughs> 60 year old Aquaman. Yeah. We can age him down. We, we have, have the, the technology. We do. All right. Tell me more about the Rockwa man. <laughs> How did I not do that? How did I not see that coming? Yeah, real missed opportunity, buddy, but you're welcome. I'm here to help you out. You know, this is a this is a collaborative team performance we're doing here. So, you know, boom, you passed me the ball, you gave me a sweet setup with the Rock and Aquaman. I just smashed them together and bada bang bada boom. Here we are. The Rockwa man. Uh so Rockwa man um is recast here. I do you want to continue? I, I would like to use uh, Black Manta again. Um, I think Black Manta could be so much cooler. It, he looked like uh, the the droid from like Power Rangers. <laughs> That's Ooh, so like, yeah, Zordon. <laughs> like the design. I know you want to try to stick to this like comic book, you know, esque version of it, but it looked fucking. Dumb. Um, the characters could be so much cooler. Just a little bit of a redesign there, and I think with that, I want to keep with that story. Um, continue him as like an adversary throughout it. Um, I'd like to change Ocean Master formally to Poseidon. Um, not didn't have much of an issue with uh, the casting there. Um, just more so, it fits my scheme better um, overall in the end. Um, I would also change the director. I don't want James Wan directing anything in my DCU. So, period. None of it. You're out of here. No. I, again, this is going to be another one where, like, I could think of probably a ton of different ones that could do this just fine. Um, honestly, Taika would be a fun one to run around with, uh, you know, giving the the rock lines to run as Rockwoman. <laughs> Sick. You're really what, building a very unique Aquaman film. I want it to be goofy. Um, I, I think of I You're think achieving of Thor. that result. <laughs> I think of Thor. Like... Have some fun with this dude. He can be a goofball. You, you tried to turn him into like, you know, broke one man. Um, oh, dude, like this is totally tubular. Like, yeah, man. Like, let's go swimming. I just not no. I want the opposite of that. 
So it's going to be funny. Um, it's going to be a good time. But you know, when it gets to his, like, his lineage and his roots and stuff like that, we can still get a little bit dark there. Maybe not the, you know, obscure noir white stripes rendition they did or whatever the hell that was in that movie. But Aquaman. <coughs> Aquaman. Nice. I'm into it. Aquaman. I am into it, sir. You know what else I'm into? Just the name Rockwoman. I'm Rock still Woman. so happy. Yeah, Rockwoman. Yeah, yeah Rockwoman is killer stuff. I'm very pleased with how that turned out. We should be. And you, in particular, for getting it and me not ever thinking of it. There's. Yuck. Well, you know, it happens to the best of us, buddy. Sometimes the easy ones are right in front of you. And you don't even notice them, and then they're gone. Poof, like that. Yeah, like the studio's choice to go with Jason Momoa over The Rock. I have a, I, I have a spot up. <coughs> but uh, we're moving forward. We've got second project down for Mike, and I've got a second project for you right now. All right, and let's that hit it. is a Flash movie that doesn't involve Ezra Miller. Fair. Yeah, we're just going to scrap that, you know? If they could eat the Batwoman costs, <coughs> they can definitely just eat this Flash movie. The thing that's funny about this is that, like, I'm pretty sure they think it's actually really good, and that's the only reason they haven't just squashed it. Is that I think they actually fucking nailed it on accident, but then this piece of shit person revealed themselves to be a piece of shit person. And yes, I will still respect their pronoun choices even though they are a piece of shit, because that's what good people do. It's fair. That's not how I roll, baby. But, yeah, I'm just scrapping that, and we're doing a fresh Flash origin movie, which should have been the case anyway. Like, the fact that the first Flash movie was about to be a whole Flashpoint movie with just a butt, like, A, they were rushing to Flashpoint, because you're not even going to get to do, like, half the cool shit that Flashpoint presents you, which is a fucking... You you wouldn't have gotten to involve the Amazonian war with Atlantis? Like, yeah, why skip me? You can skip that. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Rushing to Flashpoint has severe consequences, and your boy here will not rush to Flashpoint. So we're starting with the Flash origin. Nice and simple. Gets himself some super speed, goes into a coma, wakes up and discovers that he's now the fastest man alive, does some experimenting over at uh, the labs. He's over there at Star Labs getting down, getting mentored by cyborg's father we're gonna kind of combine this here Mm. but this but we're gonna meet victor in this film as well he might even be like for those familiar with the uh flash series you might even see victor in like a cisco ramon type comedic role in the lab where he's helping run tests on barry and figure out just how fast barry can go and do all that stuff but he's very quippy he's nerdy he's um he's also like he's an athlete and but he's like you know, he's a nerdy athlete. Yeah. Right? We're giving the modern era some love here. Because not all athletes are... It's not a unis, uni, It's not a universal stereotype out here. No. We're going to show a very atypical jock. I don't want to do, turn Victor into the stereotypical jock before I turn him into cyborg. <clears throat> so he's going to be a real nerdy kid around the lab. We're never going to see him turn into cyborg. He's just in this movie. Get to meet our Victor here. It's really nice. fun that way. And... Uh, their first big foil, you'll see him. Uh, you'll see him deal with a couple of metas of very weak power sets that become metas in the same storm that creates Barry's power, essentially. And then we'll see him come up against Captain Cold, who is 
one of my favorite villains in the Flash canon. It's low stakes. It's a guy with technology. So in the end, he's very defeatable. But this, the cold gun gives Barry something he's not used to as a young speedster. And that's something that can actually slow him down because it freezes him. Mm. And uh, it takes him a minute of doing that weird vibration thing to kind of like heat, heat himself up enough to melt all the ice off himself. Uh, so Captain Cold will be a really fun first villain. He might even have a heat wave. It might be a Captain Cold and heat wave duo right away. Or maybe first just Captain Cold, then he calls in his buddy and gets Heat Wave involved by the end. And then he employs Mr. Freeze. But yeah, we're, it's a pretty straightforward origin story, though, for The Flash, which I think he deserves in the cinematic world. Yeah, especially with the way he's been done dirty. The in way he's been done ways. dirty in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, we really got screwed on that one. Yeah, I'm a, I am looking forward to watching the final season of The Flash once it hits Netflix. I just have stopped... The CW streaming service sucks so bad that I refuse to keep live and current with CW shows anymore. That's terrible. It's so bad. It's glitchy. It crashes. It's like it's just a whole thing. So mm. now I just wait for, because I love Legends of Tomorrow. Hashtag save, le- save the Legends. Shout out James Gunn, who gave a little nod to the Legends on Twitter recently, by the way. Just uh, come on, James Gunn. I will continue to be a voice in the echo chamber. One last, even if it's a two-hour Legends of Tomorrow special on HBO Max. Mini series, six episodes, eight episodes, ten episodes. Dude, give us whatever you will, James. Just give us some closure. Us Legends fans deserve it. We sat through seven seasons of this show and got Donald Faison introduced to us in the final episode just to have it ripped away from us. But you're going to get it as a, a Legends Easter episode. I'll take it. <clears throat> Done. <clears throat> Sweet. We'll have a good time. <laughs> the Legends and an Easter Bunny? Calling Sweet. it now. Yeah, I'm in. No, he love uh, James Gunn loves Bebo. By the way, that's the thing I found out. He was a big fan of Bebo. Are so. we really surprised by that? Of course not, because no. James Gunn's a visionary <laughs> and a smart man. But uh, yeah, that's my Flash movie. It's, I like it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's comedic. Um, a couple. I don't have any particular like casting uh, what ifs out there, but I, I definitely want a younger actor. I want a, a bit of an unknown. I'd like to give an up and comer a shot in this role. I like it. That's a good yeah. Good to keep your mind open. Yeah, man. Keep keep that mind wide open. Yeah. Let's press forward, baby. Give me a third project in your DCU build. <clears throat> so here's my throw-in. Well, yeah, one of them. Uh, Wonder Woman comes next. I'm not changing anything about it at all. Um, the movie's perfect as it stands. It's one of those strange, holy shit, they did it, you know, DC-like uh, moments. And... I would say in the sense that it fits my scheme more than anything. Um, Like I said, I wanted the first two movies to be kind of easily standalone and not exactly really too much into, um, you know, again, origin building, um, like, or anything like that. They have their own storylines. But Wonder Woman kind of gives us a completely different look at things, too. Um, where we, you know, we had Batman first, so no real meta. There's no metas in there at all, other than, like I said, money, unfettered, billions of Which, dollars. If you've been a morons of the mill of the morons of the millionaire, morons of the <laughs> multiverse listener for long enough, you know that we definitely <laughs> classify wealth as a superpower. Yes, but not on a god level. Not the god um, level, but no, it, it is a high level superpower. So here we have Diana. Um, you know who is on that level and Aquaman to an extent, um, you know, not quite there. Um, but like I said, it, it just getting it, 
getting back into my theme, which is going to be like the gods. Uh, we have Poseidon and Aquaman. Um, again, we have Ares here in uh, Wonder Woman. Love what you're doing with the gods, by the way. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a fun direction for everybody, and it's a very um, easily recognizable, you know, mythology um, that I think most people know. So it's easy to relate to. Um, but I also think that it can be used in a very grand way um, that I'm going to have a lot of fun with here. But like I said, I, I don't see any reason to change this movie. It, it's one of the very few times that, I mean, I, I own it. it. I watch it pretty frequently. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. So I think that overall it deserves to be kept in its entirety. Um, it's actually just one of those, you know, very few movies that if I pop it on, there's nothing about it that bothers me. No, it's no, great to finish. No performance, n- nothing. Yeah. Chris Pine crushes yeah, it. It's all, crushes it's all, it. Yeah, it's all delightful. It's you great can't stuff. Say the same about World War. I mean, uh, Wonder Woman '84, but yeah. Wonder Woman '84 is utter trash, which is just it's so disappointing. Movie. I was excited for that movie. Yeah, I, I believed too. in that movie. I, <laughs> in spite of knowing better that DC had been mostly putting out trash since the first Wonder Woman, I still <clears> believed <throat> in that movie. Kind of made you realize why maybe they took a little bit so long to turn that turd out. Because they're like, you know, we can really rest on our laurels on this one for yeah. like several years before we have to go and disappoint everybody again. It's true. And tell them, hey, we accidentally did really good once. We nailed it once, guys. Yeah. You can't expect us to do that again. No. All right. on the, I just want to make a quick side note while you're talking about gods there for a minute. I fucking love that so much of Marvel Phase 4 was spent introducing different gods in different dimensions and all the gods are dicks. That's the, that's Everywhere ca- that we're meeting gods, they're all <clears> dicks. <throat> and it seems like that's part of what you're building around there too to a scale and I love that. That's the whole part about yeah, uh, Phase 4 um, that I think kind of gets understated. Yes. Is that that is brewing. You've, you've alluded to it a lot, but um, that's what I wanted to do here. I think, again, it just gives you a really easily relatable content that's easy to build on. And when you make them all look like a bunch of arrogant jackasses, like here we're probably looking at guys that are more um, definitely not anti-hero, but like very Thanos-esque to, you know, at best, or I mean at least um, being like um, Namor, you know, uh, where they're just kind of defending their civilization um, or what they think that their ways should be. So, but yeah, with Marvel, they're just all a bunch of arrogant pricks. I mean, Zeus. <laughs> you can say what you want about Thor Love and Thunder. Fucking perfect portrayal. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I can't think of the god at the beginning of that either, but. Um, yeah, that sun god, oh, that deity is, is hilarious. Absolutely. And prick. an absolute prick. Yeah. But yeah, he's fucking. It's a phenomenal theme of of phase four that I think is going to pay way more dividends than people are giving credit to. And probably not even at all in phase five. Like we're talking phase six setups here. And I don't even think, yeah, like you said, and beyond like most people, it doesn't seem to be on people's radar, which I think is funny because it it seems to be an overarching theme. I agree completely. Yeah. So I, yeah, thank you. And I, like I said, I defer to you, my friend. Well, since I had already, uh, I knew part of your cheat, so I cheated and added a TV show. And then I found out that you doubled up and had a double cheat, so I had a second TV show. All right. So one of the two TV shows is slotting here, uh, and that is Waller. Oh. This is a show about 
a young Amanda Waller at first. Uh, this is, I only plan this to be two to at most three seasons. It's a mini series, mm-hmm. but uh, it's about a young Amanda Waller. Uh, it ranges from her military background through her early special ops period. Um, I really want to do to her what Breaking Bad does to its main character and just like break a person's morals and ethical code, yeah, ethical code completely down. Yeah, like I want to transform Amanda Waller from a well meaning, got into the military to serve and do good by people person into the absolute villain we know her to be through many medias. And what better way? Then falling up the ranks of the U.S. military. Oh yeah, it's just it's perfect. Like it's just such a good setup. So we're starting oh. it here. The the first season will get her all the way up uh, through military and special ops time, and we'll have her in uh, an up and coming role in the organization she is now head of. I like it. Um, that by the end of season two, she's basically going to be starting her first Suicide Squad, and that show will. Spoilers for my way down the road stuff. Be my launch pad to a Suicide Squad project. Nice. But that's, like I said, we're laying groundwork here. We're really laying foundational stuff out. Um, we'll probably have her get fucked over, like uh, like injured by some superpowered or meta individual. Plant some seeds for her disdain for those of special abilities who don't yield to the government's requests and things like that. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun. I, uh, I, as much as I love the cinematic Amanda Waller we've had up to this point, I need a younger actress to take on the role to do that, that part of it. It can even lead to, why am I blanking on her name? The actress that plays Amanda Waller. How am I? Oh, you, you've got me, dude. I'm going to Google it. Be terrible at this. I'm also terrible at this. Yeah, it's especially you put me on the spot, you know. Viola Davis. Okay. Okay. So I'm probably going to keep Viola Davis after the series. So the the series will be uh, portrayed by a younger actress who becomes a, that Amanda Waller, that Viola Davis rendition. Because I think de-ager. she's perfect in the movies. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm never doing that. <laughs> I'm literally never doing that. Minus like one scene flashbacks if I really have to. But it's that's a, a desperate times for desperate moves type of thing. It's a foundational piece of my DCEU. <coughs> I know. It's so Rock, weird to me. Rockwaman. Rockwaman. May even do a CGI voice. <laughs> <laughs> May even do a CGI voice. Hey, All right, buddy. If they can do it with, uh, um, wow, you want to talk about like spacing out on names? James Earl Jones. That's who I was thinking of. They can do it with James Earl Jones and Mark Hamill. It's just a pass for me, dog. And the wise words of Randy Jackson, it's a pass for me, dog. Is that one of those uh, Mandela effect things? Because I always think it's nah, it's a no for me, dog. I think you're right. I just I didn't watch American Idol much, but I remember no. that being a thing, so I tried to get it right. But I'm, you're probably right over me. It's probably it's a no for me, dog. I don't know which one it is. I believe you over myself. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but you're going to be right, and then I'm going to. So let's just go ahead and jump into your next project, buddy. My next project, <clears throat> coincidentally, is a movie. Or, I mean, is a series. Um, television. Yes, we're going television. And uh, going Peacemaker here. And we're doing Peacemaker as Peacemaker was meant to be, as it was. 
perfect. Why? Well, I. It's just another. Th- why would you change it? No, oh, why change it? You'll get no arguments here, sir. But it's perfect where it's at. We've- I like that a lot. Of the, your phase one <clears throat> is keeping some of the best stuff around. You're like, there. It's worth keeping some stuff. Let's pull it in. You have to pull from further down. Um, definitely, uh, for sure, when it comes to the DCEU as it is. Um, but Peacemaker was one of those where I thought it was a fun one to enter early anyways. Um, because it does really, really, really lighten things up. I mean, it's just pure fun and, like, you know, goofy, you know, hijinks. It, I, I think that it fits really well here because we need <clears throat> kind of a palate cleanser. You know, we've really started getting in. To like the early meat of you know some of the story, um, it's a little bit more character. Uh, how would you call it? A, a little bit more serious characters. Um, Peacemaker is the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, so as far as it goes, we're gonna actually get him a little bit different than we did before, where we got him in a movie first. Um, you're getting a, a a a glimpse into a character you haven't met before. Um, and then you're going through this journey first, which I think I, I don't really have qualms with meeting him one way or the other. Sure. Um, but that's also why I thought it was a good spot here because I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, it's great. Um, this the the story that they told in Peacemaker is something that I think is easy to build up. <clears throat> I don't think it's reliant on Suicide Squad as a no, movie at all. Not I, at all. I think you can have him be on the run for any variety of reasons. Like you can, you can make it the beginning of Peacemaker series, right? Him escape, uh, surviving some other catastrophic thing, and then still needing to escape, escape anyway. Like it all still works. It doesn't have to be the specific events of that film. No, because I don't think it's uh, like you said. It it really interferes with it at all. So. No, it really doesn't. But that's it. That's Minus Amanda t- Waller's, like, <clears throat> the, his relationship to Amanda Waller, just you just have to kind of, like... It's... Uh, yeah, we don't need that piece yet because it can be explained right. further down the road. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I love it. And uh, I will always happily and lovingly take more eagerly time. So, no arguments here, sir. <clears throat> eagerly time is the best of times. Again, the best of times. Back to big, you know, good boys. Good boys flying through the sky. <clears throat> eagerly, he's a hell of a guy. He flies. He's eagerly guy. I'm not even trying to sing this week. Nobody. I just wrote that. that song just now. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Just I just let my heart soar with the lyrics. Just thinking of eagerly and what it would feel like to get the embrace that he that Peacemaker gets on the show. That sweet eagerly hug. It's, it's so fucking unfair. I know it's CGI. I don't care. But I don't care at all either. I want no. that sweet, sweet hug. Yeah, I don't have a CGI video of me hugging an eagle. I don't. It's true. Me neither. None. None. Not a one. But It's messed up. It's your messed turn. Up. It's my turn. Uh, before I advance to my next project, I realized one key component of my Flash movie I forgot to mention. Oh, boy. Which is the post credit scene of this movie. Um, He goes to chase after... Some, like, bank robber, just, like, some generic-ass criminal, and gets running too fast and runs back in time on accident and ends up, and ends up um, well, this is how he discovers that he can run through time as part of his speedster abilities, and winds up in the Amazon, amongst the Amazonians. Oh. And meets, uh, base, what, what will, the audience will presume, but won't be told directly, is a very young childhood Diana Prince. Okay. A.K.A. Wonder Woman as a kid. Great. As a little kiddo. Great little setup there. 
Yep, and uh, yeah, so that's the post-credit scene of The Flash as he runs back in time. But anyway, into my next project now that I, uh, I had to clear the air because I realized I forgot like my favorite part of my Flash movie. It's a big thing. Which is the future setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the movie world. This is Krypton. Oh, yeah. This, this is, is a- Krypton. So there's a movie set around the Kryptonian events that lead to the destruction of Krypton. Um, there's civil war on the planet. There is uh, planetary decay. There's chaos in many angles. And part of the movie is a bit of a mystery of like, you feel it in the air palpably that something's going to go wrong, but it's a bit of a mystery. You're following, you're following the, uh, Kal-El's parents around, basically. She's pregnant, has the baby in the movie eventually, goes through the motions of a couple years of events on Krypton in this movie, and we get to the end, and it's the destruction. There's a, there's war on Krypton, a bunch of sweet shit going on, but also a lot of political stuff and, and intrigue. Planet gets wiped out. We see a handful of pods get launched off the planet before it does. Um, laying some Easter eggs, you know, you get like the, you get your potential. Maybe like it's really up to the creatives at the helm of the project how many of these we give the audience and how many of these we leave them guessing. But in the pods include characters like General Zod, include his cousin, Kara L. Uh, so there's going to be a handful of these pods, and they're going to kind of get split up in their launch, which, next, you know, they go through different vortexes and arrive at different times on the planet. The f- film ends with Cal L landing in his pod on the Kent farm and being discovered by his Earth-bound parents. But only after... There's a, a break in the movie, and you hear static. Hello? Hello? This is Officer Busami. <laughs> Steve, what are you doing calling here? Bring that baby to Earth. Please, quick. We got a problem on our hands. <laughs> why, does, why does Steve Buscemi have such a nasally voice? Why not? All right, sure. Because he's sick. Because <laughs> he's sick. It's just Steve Buscemi with a cold. Yeah. It gets really chilly in Gotham in the winter. It does and get cold. And that sewage smell. It does it's get me- cold on those streets. Yeah, it really fucks with your nose. You always see the steam coming from all over the place. So it's much not steam. not like it even comes just from the sewers, like if you're in like Detroit or whatever. And there's just like, by the way, that really fucked with me as a kid. Like the first time that I saw it, I'm like, like Ninja Turtles live down there or something. Sure. Because I just had never seen that before. That steam coming out yeah. of the sewers? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, still slightly concerning to me, but um, anyways. But yes, Steve Buscemi is uh, slightly nasalier than normal um, due to, yes, the sewage and the you know time of year. He's got a little bit of a head cold there, but he's calling out because Earth needs help. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Steve Buscemi interruption withstanding, my Krypton movie is pretty pretty dark actually. Like uh <laughs> That that scene gets some levity real quick. It's the comedic relief there in the middle. But yeah, it's 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 a war movie. It's a planetary destruction movie. It's like uh Oh, God, what's the disaster movie? That's what the yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. It's definitely just a disaster movie as well where they're all in peril and know it. Been watching a lot of those lately. Yeah, they keep uploading them, and I keep like thinking that they're gonna finally like run out of ideas on how to destroy the Earth. 
They're doing great. They're doing great, man. Geostorm, man. We threw some sharks into a volcano, no problem. Geostorm. Or into a tornado. People loved it. Russell Crowe in space. Yeah. Who knew Dun- that people needed yeah. to see that? Moonfall. I haven't watched Neat. that one yet, but it looks really bad. I think I watched it, but that's how that's bad like Chris these, Pratt and, yeah. and Halle Berry. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't and, watch that, no. Sam from Game of Thrones. No, I'm not. Oh, I did watch that one. Yeah. Okay. I haven't watched that one. Yeah. But yeah. I remember that he's in it. I remember seeing him in the commercial and just being like, good for Sam. Good for Sam. The moon is an empty sphere. I'll just say that. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. That makes sense. If it, it's all you need to know. Is it's, and it's, it's falling. It's falling and nobody believes it. Sweet. It's really <laughs> something. That movie is something. Yeah, it seemed to be something when it was coming out. I remember thinking that exact phrase. I'm like, that's something. And then I watched it. Mm. Well, see, you took it a step <laughs> further than I did. I, I ended it, oh, that's something. And then I moved along with my life and never thought about it again. You're talking to the person who's rewatching Lost right now. So that's you really... make a, You make a wonderful point, yeah. buddy. Yeah, that's on me. I accept the full responsibility for that. But let's truck it right along here, my friend. What you got next? Uh, <clears throat> speaking of being lost on an island, uh, I'm going with Suicide Squad is going to be my next project. So we just did Peacemaker, the TV show. It's kind of perfect. And now you see where I'm going here. We're going right off the bat. You get reintroduced to him. I don't care. I I love this character so damn much. And honestly, if there's anything that I could do to change the Suicide Squad that that I'm putting here, it would be to add Eagly. It's just Peacemaker and Eagly. If Eagly and Weasel somehow find their way together, anything like that, that is a absolute bonus and a prize. Um, I would definitely find a way to fit those two together. Like whether, you know, Eagly's just there like pecking at his head or something and he's just sitting there taking it. I don't know. I love it. No, I I love all of it. But, you know, um, I'm keeping it unchanged. You can go ahead and tell me in the comments, you know, send me a hate mail whatever you want to do for picking a bunch of movies and not changing anything about them. But um, that's fine. fine. This is the foundation, man. These are the things you thought were worth keeping. So you're making them your foundations. And uh, then we'll build from there. As you'll hear in it, let me tell you, people having done the phase two before the phase one, since we did the phase one before the phase two and lost it, as we explained earlier, his phase two is much more creatively driven at his own end. He's just got to keep the good things here in phase one to start it all out. And I'll go ahead and make just a subtle excuse for myself here, but I think that this goes without saying. I've never directed a movie before. I've never so much as directed a high school play. Um, As bad as some of those movies were, I bet I'd make them fucking worse. So if I've got some groundwork to lay or to work with here, believe me, I'm fucking working with it. Because wait until I start telling you my stories. They get wacky, as you've heard. I've it's going to get weird. Steve Buscemi as Commissioner Gordon, except for his name, Steve Buscemi. Like, we're not even changing names here. Not even changing <laughs> names. So why would you expect me to change Suicide Squad? It's far better of a story than I could ever write. Um, it was fantastic from start to finish. And like I said, I want to keep some levity. And just so we're clear, you're keeping the Will Smith version, correct? Not... Uh, of course. No, I'm not. Actually, that's can, one I, I'm... Yeah, that's yeah, one I'm switching. Yeah. We're, we're keeping Cena and Idris Elba. But I am going to adopt Hancock and, into my DC. And, Ra- and Ratmaster, too. Yeah, Ratmaster's definitely Rat not going to Ratcatcher, too. Yeah, Ratcatcher. Ratmaster. I don't know why I said Master. Master seems weird. right, though. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it seems it's more appropriate. She's not really yeah. catching the rat. She's just like controlling the rats. Yeah, and she's got a rat pal, I suppose. Ooh, is Eagly gonna try to eat any of the rats? Is this a problem that we could run into? No, because he's fancy. That's true. He's not like running around eating carry on, like or no, he's like yeah. finding full on possums and stuff. Yeah, for sure. He's going for full like live meals. Over or under two times, Eagle just flies a carcass over to the gang in your Suicide Squad movie and just drops it at their feet proudly, like, "Hey guys, I got you something." Yeah, and one of those times it ends up being Weasel. <laughs> it's just Weasel, and then it, but Weasel then pops up like he does at the end of Suicide Squad. And he's just fine. Yeah, he's great. Nice, perfect. Yeah, he plays dead. Yeah, plays or, possum. He, he does. He's a big ass weasel. Weird. All right. And Love spe- it. And speaking of, just imagine, you know, a king shark hanging around eagerly. Oh yeah, no, it's a killer lineup. Friend. I love that. Yeah. Like that that big action sequence of them all walking away from the destroyed building as they go into like the final fight clash is definitely made better with eagerly flying overhead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. He just went off on his own and went yeah, he was and did doing whatever his thing. he felt like doing. He was killing some of those weird starfish things flying through the air. They were trying to latch onto his face, but Eagle was packing him out. Was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. He just doesn't fuck around, dude. Does not fuck around. So that's yeah. Again, that's uh, that's number four for me about it, my, my man. Sick, nasty with it. We are on to my next film, Green Arrow and the Canaries. This was one that I definitely remember uh, from the last time, and this is fantastic, people. You are in for a treat. This is a fun film. I'm excited about this one. So we pick up with. A very aged Green Arrow. He's got a gray beard. He's been at it a long time. No one really knows him as the Green Arrow because he's good at his job, unlike these other fucking superheroes that all have names. Like, no one knows who he is. No one one knows who this dude is. Like, criminals claim that a weird guy in green shot him with an arrow when they're arrested, but no one's ever seen him. So, like, everyone just refers to that as a ghost story. Like, it's, it's regarded widely around Star City as just a ghost story. Baba Yaga. Yeah, Starling City, most people in Starling City, unless they've seen it, don't believe it to be true. And the only people who see him are criminals. Until our canaries. Uh, so the canaries come across, and they are a group that is out doing nefarious deeds. But they're more like anti-heroes to fringe vigilantes, where there's some robbing happening, but they're giving the money to people that need it. Uh, but it's not as much about the robberies. They do a couple throughout the film. It's more about uh, they're out there. Public outreach. Yeah, they're they're on the tail of different like uh, criminal organizations in the town and taking them out in a more violent means than our Green Arrows used to. So that leads to confrontation between the two sides, um, at which point they realize that they need to kind of uh, band together because a greater threat comes along in classic form when you've got heroes and anti-heroes kind of button heads. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping somewhat formulaic for a story sometimes, especially when we're doing origin films here. <clears throat> this is, they butt heads, they unite, they take down a common enemy. The Green Arrow realizes that canaries mostly mean well, um, and they kind of just go their separate ways from there. Doesn't They don't really become a team long-term. This is a Green Arrow who already has a Spartan, who already has himself a Felicity Smoke as well. So he's got his own team. He's got a Team Arrow already. It's kind of like if the first three seasons-ish of the Arrow series happened, or similar events happened to my version, because I'm not going to cast Stephen Amell. As much as I love his performance, I do want a fresh face for this role. Oh, 
I, I'm fresh casting pretty much everywhere, like more or less, minus some of the things I kept in the Batman. I'm more or less going green faces across the board. But this is going to be a very grizzled and experienced Green Arrow that's gone through some real shit and has come out the other side and is going to be really a leadership figure when a potential team up down the road does happen with more heroes. I want him to be my real grizzled vat, my wise person in the room. And I love all this, um, but, you know, pardon me here. I always love it's really I it's the comic book silhouette of the green arrow with a big gray beard that I like. That's what I'm like is that visual that I'm looking for in the look of my green arrow. So here's what I'm envisioning. Like 60s, 70s, <clears throat> green arrow running around a city in what looks like, you know, a costume out of Robin Robin Hood men in tights. Um, he's got the, you know, the Ferdinand Magellan thing going on, you know, kind of beard thing. And then he has a, one of those bow and arrows that you get as a kid that's got the little suction cups on it. So it's like, that's what he's running around the city as, you know, before they figure out that he's the green arrow. It's like people see him, but it's like Clark Kent, you know, they're like, I have no clue who that guy is. Yep. Even though they see him like posted on everything all the time because he's a billionaire and his face is on everything. And then just like, you know, again, watch out evildoer. And he like, and shoots him with the little like uh, suction cup arrow. And then he catches him and like reels him in and pops him. Like that, you know, the the old school, like, pop, pop noise. Your additions to my films just keep getting weirder. Yeah. <laughs> really? I'm building the dark and gritty DC, and you're just like, no, not letting him do it. And you can do it on, like, one of those flash reels, like the really old ones. <laughs> In the background, there's, like, Kaepernick, yeah. Cabernet piano. Yeah, it starts from yakety sax and then turns into, like, like I said, that, like, something from, like, uh, one of those really old early like yeah what is it 1920s films yeah it's it, it's gonna be a good time nice. but i loved yours well, yours was well, great you. yeah so i uh i'm gonna not take any of those twists <laughs> into account i appreciate the thoughts it's very kind of you as a friend and i realized while you were ranting on that madness who i can cast as my green arrow and it's pretty perfect i'm giving timothy oliphant the role can put him anywhere but sure yeah I'd like to see Timmy Elephant with a uh, with a beard. Yeah, give me the, really give, throw me off. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's in the Silver Fox era of his acting career right now too, so it, it fits so well. You know who else? Like I'd he's like young to... enough to not actually be that old yet, but old enough to look kind of old. All and that's the sweet spot that I'm aiming for. I'm being totally serious. I want him around for a good eight years. But speaking of like um, people that were in Dune, uh, Oscar Wilde would be a really not, not, Tim, not Timothy Chalamet. Why Timothy am I Elephant? Oh, geez. Well, very different actors here. Congratulations. You got me again. (laughs) Oliphant. Elephant. Timothy Oliphant. I do know who Timothy Oliphant is, people. That handsome bastard. I know who he is. (laughs) Yeah. Timothy Chalamet would have been really weird. Really, really. He could do it. After 10 minutes of ranting how I want an old green arrow, I just go with like a (laughs) 19-year-old. Like, And I'm giving this young kid the role, but giving him a gray beard. I I totally went with it, though. You did. You're a good teammate. You were, you were there to support me. I mean, you're I had all, no idea you also what take me off the rails yeah. sometimes, yeah. but that's fun, too. I had no idea what I was doing there. Yeah, no. Girls, yeah. get you a man who can do both. I can't remember anything, so that's good. Perfect. Let's give, you, let's give them your next project. So my next project and my last project 
Well, we at the end. Technically. Um, I thought we had two left apiece. No, because you did one of your series as a whole thing. So you, and that was at number three. Oh, uh, okay. So we're Center. just, uh, yeah, because I've got two left. Yeah, I figured. Okay. I was wondering where our numbers were off sometimes. Anyway, continue on. Yeah, I've got two things left. Well, guys, surprise, surprise. Wait, correction. I have three things left. Well, how the hell did you do that? Well, you should have a TV series. I have a show, or I mean a movie. <laughs> no, I have, well, so we, had, we should have had a grand total of seven things, right? I don't think so. Well, I had six initially, and then added a television show. I had five and two television, and two television shows. Yeah, so that's seven total things. Yeah, I've got two left, basically. Okay, I've got three left. Whatever. We'll just keep rolling out our things. Well, and uh, I don't know what happened mathematically here. Yeah, we never do. We're not that's mathematicians. True. Not mathematicians. Mathematicians. Matt Pat- Patricia. Anyways, um, <laughs> Shazam. 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 So I'm going with Shazam at the end here. Um, it's going to finish off my phase one outside of a, a little TV show I have coming up next. But um, Shazam, as it is, no change, no actor change, no premise change. Um, you know, you have the seven deadly sins there. Uh, we're, we're still sticking with the gods thing here. Um, that's gonna, that's uh, again, just kind of, it feeds nicely for your right gods into you're it. tying up with. Um, you know, it, 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 in the end, that's where I kind of had a little bit of a change, but, um, that's that, you know, end credit scene, mid credit scene. Um, getting rid of the Superman thing. Yeah. No Superman. Um, we're doing Bruce Wayne, um, you know, even more fun to meet. So, you know, you got Bruce Wayne jumping in there, um, meeting, you know, meeting Shazam and the Shazamly. Um, you know, he's a big fan of orphans, so, uh, big surprise, he ends up somewhere, uh, around a bunch of them. Um, and it's going to kind of, um, Bruce has been almost accidentally, uh, but not to this point, setting up for a Justice League. So he's already met Green Arrow, who is going to be part of my Justice League, and we'll meet others, you know, further on, um, but meeting Shazam here. Kind of sees what's going on, you know, saw it in the news, thought he should investigate. He sees, you know, super-powered human beings, and he knows something's on the horizon. So he's not just here on accident. <clears throat> but like I said, you have the seven deadly sins in here. We've got Poseidon now, um, and we have Ares. So that's all eventually going to tie in together at some point as well, um, which you will find out about. And... Um, yeah, that concludes my my docket of movies at least for the or for the first phase. I'm bad at counting. I just have six fucking movies on here. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Here's what's funny. Here, I figured it out now. I've, it's been so long since we did it the first time that I forgot the original assignment was six movies, and you went renegade into two shows instead of a sixth movie. Which explains why you only had one day. show before today, yeah. And then I just added a show on because I was jealous that you had TV shows and I didn't. Son of a bitch. Yeah, so then when this all happened in our rehash here, I was like, you have two shows and I only have one? Uh, I get it all now. Well, you got me. So, shocker, shocker, I double cheated on accident. For, the, for anyone that's listening to me do anything here on Good Fun Media, you know that I... Bad at counting. Yeah. This has been a theme for me. I, I, I'm going to start tallying. Oof, yeah, we should keep score. Yeah. Oof. 
Anyway, I do like your project a lot. Sorry, I got distracted by no, my good. own silliness. But no. delightful stuff. Love the Shazamly. I'm here for it. Great spot for Shazam. Back end your phase one. Bada bing, bada boom. Where should it, like you said, that's one of those movies that I think could have even been, you know, earlier on. But I think, like I said, with the, the back half of my um, phase one here starting to be a little bit more lighthearted. I yeah. think it fit, fit really well there. Dig it. Love it. So I'll go ahead and give a couple in a row here just to kind of like, because uh, you've got one more thing left, right? Yes. Perfect. So I'll give two things in a row here and then finish with my last one after your thing. So the thing I came up with on the fly while we were sitting here when I found out you had two TV shows to my one is a Martian Manhunter series, which I really Ooh. want to keep now. Yeah, it's like fun. Once I came up with it, I was like, I want to keep it. I don't really have many details about it yet, but I want it there. Yeah, I so like I'm it. I'm going to have it. Yeah. Um, as you know, it's, again, we're doing Origins. We're doing Deep Roots. So it's probably going to be uh, some of the turmoil on Mars and what the and kind of an explanation of the difference between white Martians and green Martians and set up a lot of that canon from the comics. And even potentially plant him in the U.S. government like we like he is in the Supergirl television series. Because I kind of like that element there where he's like a secret agent slash a Martian. I'm here for it. I, I, for the life of me, I have no idea of anything that went on in that show because I could not watch it. So That's fair of you. Um, yeah. No, but I, I, I like the premise and where you're going so far. Yep, I I don't have much, so you know that's why this one's a half cocked idea. But I'm sticking it in there and I'm keeping it. Martian like Manhunter it. series. Um, then I've got a more thought out thing: the Amazon War. Okay, like this you, I, I want to really spend more time with Ares and stuff. I want a whole ass movie of the war with Ares, of the creation of Diana, uh, her birth as a goddess. Essentially, like mm-hmm. I want all of that building to her birth like i want a whole movie of the war and all the events that lead to it and then the creation of diana and then in the post credit there we see a little a brief glimpse of her side of the events as barry runs up on her oh. and we kind of continue to stitch those events into each other all right more or less but that's my that's my wonder that's my Wonder Woman build up. We're not even we don't even meet Wonder Woman here yet. We just get the Amazons. Mm-hmm. It's all about them here. It's a good build up though. I think that that was something that you know obviously you can't plug it into a movie that's already two hours long, but definitely something I'd like to see. Period. Like I, I think that that's a really really good one. I like that you're um, doing these like big wars basically, or just like you know huge conflicts like Krypton. Um, and then this, I think that that is a integral or integral part of what you're doing, because like you say, it's it's hard to start. I would say hard to start some of the way that you're starting, where you're throwing a lot of stuff out there, um, and it's really early on, but the payoff comes not too much long after. So, and they're big payoffs without going like Universal or anything like that, yeah. like Galactic. So it's that's yeah. as yeah, you'll find out in my Phase Two. Even I get to a Justice League at the end of my Phase Two. I'll give you all a little quick little spoiler teaser there. But even my Justice League villain isn't like one of the yeah. mega threat villains. It's a pretty grounded villain setup that I have in my Justice League when I finally get to it. Which is still a ways away from this Amazon series or this Amazon War film, and uh, we've got one project left a piece. Hit right. me with yours, buddy. 
my last one um very similar to how your uh you know um martian series is going to go this is my harley quinn and birds of prey series not varying too far off of the movie's premise but it's something to me that seemed like it could have done better as a series um, I think you'd be able to get to spend a little bit more time with the characters around her. There is parts of that movie I absolutely fucking adore, like that I think are elite tier superhero film stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's parts of it that are just so intolerably bad. It's like a yeah. big swinging scale watching mm-hmm. that movie. So much so the first time I watched that movie, I was like, overall, I love it. And then each subsequent time, the things I don't like start to nag at me more and more, so it holds it holds lower replay value for me because of it. But there's there's stuff to take away from it that's utter gold, and uh, so building a TV series around some of those elements seems very fun. Yeah, it seemed like they, you know, beat a Deadpool script to death. Like that's that's kind of what it felt like to me. Um, like I said, there's there's definitely parts in there that are very salvageable and very very good. Um, the cocaine fight sequence, yeah. The big musical Namely. number. I Ma- know you don't like the musical numbers, but I liked. I thought the musical number was well done. I think I'm starting to have to get used to the fact that that's going to be a part of a lot of things now. I don't know how many shows I've watched recently where there's just a big musical number. Hit him with the music it's number. It just keeps happening, so I'm starting to get used to it. But I think you know, again, as as we're saying here, we're at the end. Give everybody a little treat. It doesn't have to be anything of consequence. Shazam and the Canaries back-to-back is a fun one, too. Yeah. Uh, Light-hearted way to end an entire phase. Pretty much. So I think that that's where I was going with it. You get, like I said, just that little teaser at the end. It's Funny nice that and neither fun. of us get to a Justice League in our first phase. We're going the opposite direction of the first DC <laughs> attempt here, folks. Their biggest problem amongst just having some really bad stuff in the canon... <coughs> Was rushing to it. Yeah. Not knowing what direction. They just wanted to like, catch yeah. up to Marvel. Pretty much. So they just threw some shit at a wall real fast. Right. It's like, no, no, no. Let's take our time. Let's let's meet some characters and have some foundational pieces to work off of. Like, that's where people forget that, like, <clears throat> MCU phase one is not just hits. Like, it's not utter treasures across the board. Iron Man. Very good. Iron Man 2, significantly less good. Hulk, one of the worst movies in the Marvel canon. Thor, lower tier Marvel overall. Captain America, mid tier Marvel in my opinion. Avengers, very good, but still not even the best amongst the Avengers films. No. Like overall, good stuff and very unique for being the first to be like, we're really doing this connected universe thing. But, like, Phase 2, in my opinion, is where they really get cooking. And even that's not consistently all hits. Like, that's also got misses. That's why when I get, you know, the 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 average person that's like, well, the Phase 1, that's those were the best movies. And then I start doing that. So like, I start wrong. explaining. So you go ahead. You're going to tell me this is a good movie. Yep. That is that one a good movie? Yeah. Is that a good And then... Well, right, well Phase to- 2 then. It's like, <laughs> all right, yeah, you, sure. Guardians and Winter Soldier are elite tier Marvel. No sure. question. But Thor 2? Not a good movie at all. Iron Man 3? Nope, not a good movie at all. Age of Ultron has actually aged well. I that was one like that it. was not received as well right away. <clears throat> and uh, is aging better and better 
uh, over the years. Like Age yeah. of Ultron holds up nice now. I'm not sure how many times I can say it, but I think I continuously <laughs> like that movie more the more that I see it and the more that we the further we go down the road. And how many things are still applicable now? Um, yeah. that really started with that movie. I yep. just think it's underappreciated because yes, at face value when it happened, it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but that's also I would say akin to watching, you know, I'll re-reference this movie again, but watching Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you didn't watch WandaVision. Right. What okay, there you go. You've you've lost the entire movie. Yeah. Um Yes and no. I I, st- I stand by, and I will get into this more. We we have a uh, phase four review coming around the bend that we're going to record soon. So I'll give deeper thoughts on my multiverse of madness take there. I but don't... at the surface, I will say one thing that people that drove I think a lot of people or rubbed a lot of people the wrong way about multiverse of madness that I do agree with is that it feels like it undoes a lot of the work done in WandaVision to her character, where she reaches a place of acceptance and healing. But then the flip side to that, and this is the argument I stand behind, is the book has taken hold, as mentioned. Like, yes, she went through all that healing, but then the Darkhold came and she started reading from it thinking that she wouldn't be corrupted by it and she's been corrupted by it. So that's a lot easier for people to accept who watch Agents of Shield, by the way. If you've watched Agents of Shield, you've spent more time with the Darkhold and you know what how powerful it is. If you haven't, then it's harder to accept that, oh yeah, the book's got her, so she's bad now. So and that's part of it though. I don't even think I'm getting that far into it. I'm just saying that if you don't watch the events or the events that unfold prior to it, um, then it makes even less sense. When you're watching it, I, I actually honestly think it makes even less sense on the things that are being undone um, because it's like they have to be done before they're undone. True. So, you know, for that matter, like I said, I just think that those things are are uh, completely intertwined with each other um, in the same way that, like you said, like, you know, Age of Ultron or, you know, going back to our original task at hand, just how many misses it takes to be able to get something good. But being the first to do it gives you a little bit of leeway. You know, that's where Marvel gets that, where they get some of that leeway because they did have those hits. Like, Iron Man was so good. And so, you know, I guess if you want to say inventive to the superhero category um, and groundbreaking in how it portrayed a superhero and that there could be multiple movies. And no, I'm not discluding, you know, Christopher Reeve's Superman from, you know, God knows when. I'm not going to even try to guess a date. Um, cause every time I say the late eighties or whatever, it ends up being the seventies or whatever. But, um, I'm just saying where we're currently at now and how, you know, Hollywood produces these things, those movies were groundbreaking and DC coming in and making their hollow feeble attempt to recreate it. Um, albeit nowhere near hollow and or as hollow and feeble as Sony's it was sad, piss poor excuse of trying to do anything. Um, we don't regard that around these parts. I'm going to say it because I fucking hate them. Um, <laughs> but that's that's my point is like, you know, you said something to the effect of throwing shit at a wall and seeing if it sticks. DC at least had a couple things that they threw at the wall and it stuck e- even early on. Sure. Um, no, but, I, you've done a nice job selecting the best of. Right. You, you've done a nice job plucking those out. 
There's actually one that I wish I could salvage into mine. It just doesn't make sense with how slow I'm rolling everything out. And that is the Harley Quinn animated series that's on mm-hmm. HBO Max right now. Three seasons of just great, <clears throat> hilarious television. I know people really like that. Yeah, Give it a go, my friend. I promise you. Yeah. It is fucking funny. Like, it is so funny. But anyway. Yeah. So that's, you know, that that would be my DCEU rebuild. Um, like I said, to in, in, in cap it all off there, my first season is gaining and maintaining attention. That was my thought process behind this. And I think every one of those projects does that in its own special way. And that is still... Um, honors the characters and who they are um, without taking away from any of that either. So, I, I like I said, I like to have a good mesh of, like, different kinds of characters, too. Like, I pick Batman, you know, as my Batman, not just because I like that movie and the way that it fits in there specifically, but I think, <laughs> like, seeing Robert Pattinson's Batman um, hanging out with Diana Prince, I think would be such a interesting... Um, dynamic. Um, I think it, it, it like where Ben Affleck's Batman obviously had a little bit more sarcasm. Rob, my Robert Pattinson Batman isn't going to have any sarcasm at all. He's going to be the one that people accidentally fall into jokes w- against him. Um, like Diana, who normally Rudy. isn't very well known for it. Um, so like he's just a you we're know we're bringing back we're bringing back the brood, y'all. I want. That's that's how I like my Batman. Brooding. I just like him, yeah, dark and brooding. And I still love my Michael Keaton Batman. Love Absolutely him. adore him. I, I I don't really kind of seem to care what iteration I seem to get of him. Um, but like I said, these days my palette's a little bit more um, there for the dark and brooding type of Batman. And I think that that worked really well within the characters that I'm building around him. Love it, man. Great wrap-up. Killer phase. You've done nicely, my friend. Thank you. I want to make a side note on the Michael Keaton note. How bummed I am that he came back to DC and filmed not one, but two fucking movies for these people, and both are going to get shelved in all likelihood? One already has been, which also fucking has Brendan Fraser as a villain, and we don't get to see it? Straight up, just don't, the world just doesn't get to watch Brendan Fraser play Firefly alongside Michael Keaton returning as fucking Batman. We just don't get to see it. And then, all because some prick out there named Ezra Miller continues to be a real piece of shit human being, we might not get to watch that either. And on. Uh, Ack, I say. Michael Keaton's just getting shit on big time. I mean, you at know, least he got paid him- for both still, but like, Ack. I say just making him go over, you know, to Sony and even even again, I'm going to hit right back on Sony again, making him go over there and play, you know, play court jester as Vulture in one of their other fucking vomit worthy Mm. garbage films. That pissed me off. Sad times. And uh, yes, I did have to see that movie to know that I didn't. It's don't 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 do it. It's not worth it. It's not even cringeworthy to where it's funny. Which one is he in? Is he in Morbius or is he in Carnage? Morbin time. Well, he's morbing it up. He's morbed. Just like one scene, I presume. Yeah. Single scene of morb. The very end. Woof. And that's woof. I would like to say that I watched. Hey, it. we're forming a, a team of six. It might be sinister. <laughs> it very well may have played out that way. But rough. The point being, watching that movie, I did. I did do the whole thing. 
or at least most of it, I think. I remember almost none of it, um, and for good reason, but that pissed me off. Like, yeah. just the the forcing of this is so fucking unreasonable. Making it just rubbing Tom Holland in it and everybody within its wake. It just sucks. Like, Carnage sucked. Venom was salvaging in about 30% of the movie's ways. Um, almost solely just based on Tom Hardy just doing what he did. But, yeah. Shed a tear for that, but that's that's Sony for you. <laughs> doing Sony stuff. Um, and you know what the sad part is? Because Sony's also like a successful appliance company and video game company and all those things, they probably won't have to sell to Disney anytime soon like Fox eventually did. Because at least then we could like, Kevin Feige could do what he's doing with Fox and sweep out the debris and keep what was good. But like, I think nope. I think you're underestimating the power of the mouse. Dude, I want to, I hope so. I hope I hope you're right and that the mouse comes along eventually goes, oh, $25 billion to buy Sony? Meh, fuck it. They're like, oh, the money won't do. Oh, weird. We just saw that. It looks like about 500 million of your newest consoles are all defective. Fucking Mickey Mouse running out of a fucking factory in Taiwan. I'm, re- I'm really hoping. I don't know if you've ever seen the South Park portrayal of Mickey Mouse. I have. But I'm really hoping that that <laughs> character is the main villain of the next South Park video game. Like, I want to have, like, a major battle against that Mickey Mouse as, like, my kid in South Park. That'd be fun. be so funny. It's just... Those games are great, by the way, people. If you like a hilarious game that just plays out, like, a 20-hour episode of South Park, play those games. They're really fun. But I have one last film to finish phase ones. Shoot. To wrap it up. It's a Batman 2. That's fair. Like, you know, I uh, Marvel started out with two Iron Mans. They, unlike Marvel, the, which had those back-to-back, mine are the bookends of Phase 1. Because, like Matt, like Mike said earlier, what is DC if not the house of the bat? That's it. This is his house. It's his house. It's his cave. He's here to brood in it. It's his cave. This movie's going to do, hopefully successfully, what Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's final Spider-Man movies failed to do which is have a bunch of villains running amok simultaneously. This is, a, mm. this is a busy movie. But it's also intentionally busy because I want to set up Gotham as a place that can't be cured overnight. A place that sucks. A, a place that sucks. A place <laughs> with, like... That's the thing that's always been... In, one of the things that's always been interesting about Batman to me is that there's always just all these fucking vi- crazy people running around. Yeah. It's, it's a town with so many lunatics. And he's got to deal with them simultaneously often. And sometimes some of them get away and sometimes he gets some of them. And some of these villains he's going to address quickly. Like, he's going to he's gonna scoop up a couple of these with almost no real problem. Because he's fucking Batman. Yeah. But I picture this movie. We've got some Deathstroke action. We've got some Court of Owls being introduced. But we don't even really see Batman having to address the court. More kind of learning of his existence by the end. Like, by the end he learns... Some of the strings that he thought the League of Shadows was pl- was pulling the whole time, which is one of the main adversaries of the f- entire film, were actually being pulled by a court of owls. Like mm. it's just going to be like one piece of evidence that he's like, wait, so Roz didn't do this piece of the puzzle? Who did that then? 
And it's just going to be that one lingering clue that puts him onto the trail of the court just a little bit. Because the court is going to become my big overarching theme in, into Phase 2 and beyond down the road. But the Court of Owls, the League of Shadows, Deathstroke, and a couple B and C list villains running around just causing like distractions while he's on the big case. Uh, we're also going to get a Robin introduced in this film. Uh, and my Robin, in fact, is going to be played by the actor who plays Five from Umbrella Academy. It's a good choice. Which his name is... Da, 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 Aiden Gallagher. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, uh, That kid is one of the best parts of that show by a mile. And is aging into like perfect timing to take on a Robin role and then eventually... Uh, go out on his branch out on his own. Like, and he does really good with the, he looks really good with the uh, bandito mask thing on. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah. You can have him be the Robin that goes on to become Nightwing and have your next Robin come along to be the one who dies in a live action killing joke. Because yeah. I'm definitely going to do that comic eventually. Yeah, no, that's one that I'm, yeah. It's one comic slash animated film that I want to see done in live action with the right Joker in a bad way. I, but this fi- this Robin ages and becomes a Nightwing eventually. But it's gonna be great stuff along the way. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a real hoot of a time. Well, we've been hooting for a while now, and I think yeah, it's true. like I said, between the two of us, I think so far we've really laid a good foundation. Um, and you guys should be you know nice and prepped for our DCEU rebuild part two, which I promise will be even more fun than this one. Slightly less off the rails. Or is it? I actually don't remember. It could be even more off the rails. It could be less off the rails. It's hard to really say. Uh, time has no meaning. But for us, time actually has meaning because we're old-ass people that have to go to bed and go to jobs. Do and it is. Uh, we've been rolling for an hour and a half now. And that's pretty much all show content this time, unlike sometimes when I press record and we ramble for 40 minutes and then start up. So that probably does, in fact, mean it's a pretty good time to reach the end. Thank you guys for listening as you keep doing, or if you've did it for the first time, you know, click the likes and the follows and the five stars. Mike, what, how do you feel when people throw up five stars? What feelings do you experience? I feel all of the feelings that you get, like when somebody hearts your like post on like Facebook, like, you know, all of that gratification that we probably don't really need. Um, but I feel it. It feels feels really good. it. It helps me get through these long days at work. Um, so it feels pretty damn good, guys. It does, indeed. Uh, and if you enjoy what we're doing here, talking about Marvel content, and in this case, DC content, in the way that we like to do, check out some of the other fun stuff we do. Good Fun Media. Every Wednesday, of course, drops this here show, Morons the Multiverse. And then every Thursday, we have our sitcom fandom podcast, After the Laugh Track. And every Friday, our sports gambling and weird comedy podcast, D2B2 Sports. Like, follow, subscribe, all of those. Check them out. Keep listening to the madness that comes out of my mouth and my friends' mouths on these various shows. And uh, stay tuned. We will have, coming up by the end of the year here, we're going to drop our Phase 4 thoughts. And uh, that'll probably wind up being a multi-part episode because, you know, Phase 4 was deep and has a lot to wade through. Uh, We're also going to be taking some votes from people on Twitter and from friends of ours who are fans of these mediums on some different award categories and we're going to present some official phase four awards and along with our recap so keep your eyes peeled for that 
and whatever future nonsense we drop on you in the weeks to come. You all have a wonderful day and a wonderful uh, however long it is before you listen to us next. And we love you. We do love you. Keep tuning in. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Peace. Peace. We don't have to keep watching Liam Neeson make action movies. Like, we don't have to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Like, as a society, we just, we keep choosing to, but we don't have to. And for gosh sake, watch your language. The Rock Woman. My name's Johnny Knoxville, and this is my buddy Thanos. Don't you know who I am? I'm the juggernaut, bitch! It's a weird world we're trying to live in these days, but we gotta do it. (laughs) You cannot talk! One more word. And I will feed you to my children. We knew you were gonna betray us, so we built this whole plan around you doing it! What? You know what's crazy? That's really not too far off a plot of Dr. Phil. Bitch your ass. Steve, you said a bad language word. He may or may not also have a ship that he flies around primarily for orgies and stuff. And he tells me about this girl, Emily, that we used to kick it with. It was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched. And it's like club cold play. Dude, it's so bad. There's like. Gary, you son of a bitch. Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Today, we're doing Porta Potty Ski Slope. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. Cut the chat!